Welcome to the Wesley Word. start tonight, again, we looked at defined last few weeks, if you, if you hadn't been with us, and sort of defined uh, who we were as Clemson Wesley, who we are as us, and also sort of last week we looked at how we are defined not by our failures, but the way that we respond and that sort of stuff. And so uh, that was last week, and we're moving on to a new series this week that I'm excited about. And uh, we haven't met yet, I guess I should introduce myself. I'm Steve Simino. I'm the campus minister here uh, for Clemson Wesley. I'm in my ninth year here. I was also a student here a long time ago, Go Tigers, and uh, just, again, love being here. I want to start by telling a story, and I may have shared this before, I can't remember, but um, I, last time I went sailing was about uh, 20-something years ago. I think I was like 10, like around Coleman's age, 10 or 11, and I thought I was going to die that day, right? We were uh, sailing on the, off the coast of Gulf Shores, Alabama. I was a, a Gulf Coast kid growing up in Louisiana and Mississippi, and my, uh, my mom and my aunt and my uncle had this great idea to go um, you know, charter this sailboat for an evening and go sailing. Well, the seas were harsh that day, right? And the wind was blowing really strong that day. And I remember being in the sailboat as a little kid and what seemed to me like looking over, like laying flat up against the boat, trying to keep it from tipping over and seeing the ocean down there, like we're about to fall in, right? The waves were going, the wind was blowing. I'm pretty sure there are like 20 foot sharks circling around us and stingrays, like it was dangerous. We were going to die. And I remember praying that day, God, if you get me off this boat, I promise I will never go sailing again. And I I lived that, that promise, right? I haven't gone sailing again because I know that like, I'll probably get swapped by a whale or something. Like, Jonah, it'll be bad, but I haven't gone back yet. I was scared to death of the waves that was going on there, right? I don't have any footage of that day, but I do want to show sort of what in my mind it felt like being on that sailboat that day. All right, so there's a little Forrest Gump for us there. Um, you know, and maybe you've never been on a, on a, on a sailboat thinking you're going to die by sharks. Maybe you never thought that you're going to be there with... Um, you know, forcing Captain Dan, right? Force like, I'm scared. Captain Dan's like, you're never going to take me, right? Cussing at God, that type of stuff. But maybe you've been through some storms, though, right? Maybe your story has sounded something like this in the past, right? Um, you've had a fight with your roommates, and you're not talking because of stuff within the past week, right? In that same week, you lose a loved one, or someone's at home that's sick and not doing well, and you just got all this stuff going on. You're wondering if you pick the right major, right? Is this going to lead to a career for me? And you've got all these things going on in your life. Maybe you're feeling a little bit homesick. You, you failed that first quiz, that first test of the semester. You're like, what am I going to do? You're four weeks in, and you're like, I just don't know what to do. And, you, and, and you, maybe you react like one of those two. Maybe you react like, like um, Forrest, and you're like, look, I, I'm scared. Right, or maybe you're like super resilient. You're like Captain Dan, like you're never gonna sink me, right? This is the best you got. Or maybe you're like most of us, including me, when you have all that stuff going on, and someone asks you, "How are you doing?" How do we respond? I'm fine, right? I'm fine, and we sort of press it down, and, and we we hold that down. And what I want us to look at this, and this is our new series for the next four weeks, looking at I'm fine, and we're gonna talk about different things that we say. Um, and what I, what I want you to do and think about is that I think as a people that are created by God, that God doesn't want us to just be fine. He doesn't want us to just be fine. If we think about Psalm 139 and how we are fearfully and wonderfully made, and we'll look a little bit at other passages as we talk tonight about this great creation that God has made us, God does not make us to simply be fine or to push down what's happening and to say, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. And so I want to stop us here and say, and you've heard this phrase, maybe not often enough in the church, as we should say in the church, but I do want us to know that it is also okay to not be okay. It's okay to not be okay wherever it is that you may be here today. I don't want you to feel like you have to fake it until you make it. I don't want you to feel like you have to put on a, you know, a happy, smiley face to come into Clemson Wesley and to say, I'm fine, no, I'm good, right? And just keep those struggles deep down 
within you. Right? My hope is that over the next four weeks that we will talk about things that, that sometimes we say we're fine, but actually we're not fine about. And some of the topics that I think we wrestle with as college students um, and sort of looking at how we might overcome them, how we might deal with them, how we might work with them so that um, we don't feel like we're on the side of a sailboat, you know, that felt like me at 10 years old and I'm fine going over the edge and going to, you know, meet my maker at the bottom of the ocean. Uh, trauma, sorry. Uh, right. But how, how can we go from just saying I'm fine to actually moving there, right? And so tonight's topic, and this is something I talk about every year in some kind of form because I think it is super important as we are as Christians, is that oftentimes um, we say that we're fine again, but we're not, right? Actually, I, have, I found a, a meme, a popular meme, y'all probably seen this as well, or so that, right? Right, right, like, this is fine, right? This is fine, everything's right. Um, I, I, I had to edit, I had the real one I wanted to show, but I couldn't, Christopher actually edited out because I thought I'd get in trouble at church, right? But that's really where we're at a lot of times, right? Like we're looking at the world around us, and sometimes instead of saying, I'm fine, we just need to be like, well, you know, this, you know, right? Sometimes they watch me in the cameras in here, and I don't want to be on tent, right? But sometimes we just need to express that, like, the world is burning, and like, well, dang, like, this is hard. This is tough. Okay, you can go back for there, all right? Thanks, Christopher, working in the back there, right? But tonight, I want to look a little bit about self-care, talking about self-care. When we say we're fine, but we as people really are not, and how we might take care of ourselves or at least put some practices in place that might help us to, 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 not, you know, to be more than just fine, to be more than just fine, right? Think about um, the sailboats here, um, and, and you've heard the analogy of the ducks, right? It looks full, cool on top of the water, but underneath their, their feet are just paddling away, right? Well, these sailboats, you know, they have a, have a keel or a ballast that's attached to them, and they go deep down into the, in the water on the sailboats, right? And what saved my life that day when I thought I was going to die in the Gulf of Mexico, right, was the, the keel of the sailboat that was keeping us from tipping over, right? And the metaphor there to use that is to know that we're, there are going to be storms in our lives, right? There's going to be stuff that you go through. There's going to be times where you're sitting there, you feel like the whole apartment's on fire. And sometimes you're going to say, I'm fine. Sometimes you're going to be like, okay, well, crap, this is like not good, Right? What we're looking at is how can we develop a keel system? How can we develop some ballast system that will keep us, even when we feel like we're going back and forth, will keep us from completely being submerged, from completely tipping over and being stuck out of there? The first thing as we think about what it means to take care of the self is to take care of the spirit, to take care of your spirit and your soul. And we see this um, throughout Scripture. I'm going to read a few. I don't know if we have those or not, Christopher. Uh, first, we're looking at Exodus 20, and this is what we see um, in 20 verses 8 through 11. And God tells us to remember the Sabbath day and to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock or your alien. Like No one should be doing anything. For in six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that was in them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed it the Sabbath day and consecrated it. And then we see in Leviticus, right? Oh, Leviticus, all right. Some good stuff here. In uh, verses 3, six years you shall sow your field, and six years you shall prune your vineyard and gather in the field. But in the seventh year there shall be a Sabbath of complete rest, even for the land, a Sabbath for the Lord. You shall not sow your field or prune your vineyard. You shall not reap the aftergrowth of your harvest, right? You may eat what the land yields during its Sabbath. You, you, all right. Take a Sabbath on the seventh year, right? I got lost in my words there, right? Even the fields, right? Give break there. And then in Matthew uh, chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, we hear this, this, this passage often here. Come to me, all that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. 
for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I don't think God would command us to take a Sabbath, one, to worship God, but also to restore our souls. I don't think Jesus would say, come to me all who are weary and in need of rest and you will find it in me. If he didn't know that us as the people of God would be weary, that we would be in need of rest, that we would work ourselves sometimes literally to death to where we need to be reminded that Sabbath is important. Rest is important. And rest and renewal for your weary soul is just as important as sleep is for your tired bodies. Where we get renewal for our spirits matters. And oftentimes it's important to go to the source to find that renewal for our spirits. I went to a summer camp as a kid, and I was telling some Asbury Hills folks when I worked at the summer, I went to a camp in Tennessee. It is still around. I checked it out. If they still did what they did back then, they'd probably shut down that now, but it was a lot of fun back then in the 90s. It was a cool time. But outside, I was three weeks away, and it was in the mountains of Tennessee, but near the senior camp where high schoolers and middle schoolers were, they had this natural flowing spring where the water just came down the mountain and out, and they had this, this spring system set up, and it was just always flowing. And it was the coldest water that I've ever drank in my life. It was the freshest, like when I think of like water, like living water, that is what I think of. This spring at, at Camp Mary Mountain, Tennessee, where things just, just flowed out there, right? And I remember like no matter where we would be on, on, at the campgrounds, whether we'd be playing soccer or hiking, like when we were worn out, tired, you know, whatever, we could not wait to go back to the spring and refill our water bottles. Actually, by then we didn't carry water bottles. We just had these big pipes and we would just like guzzle it all right straight out of the nozzle. But like that water was so refreshing and it would refuel us no matter where we were in camp. We knew we had to get back there to be refueled. If you think about what it means to renew your spirit, to take care of yourself by taking care of your spirit, I invite you to think about where can you find living water? Where can you find stuff that will fill you, that will nourish you, that will quench your thirst, that will help you to feel refreshed? And as you think about what it means to renew and take care of your spirit, I invite you to go to the source. Spend time with your spirit, spending time with God, spending time in prayer, spending time in quiet, spending time in Sabbath, spending time just sitting and being in the presence of God and praying that God might work in you and through you and to restore and renew your spirit. If you want to talk about that more, we talk more, but, but I think it's important to remember that spirit care is just as important as some of these other things in self-care. Right? The next thing I want to look at is um, as part of self-care is also taking care of your body. Right? Part of self-care, part of making sure you're fine or being more than just you know, not lying and saying that you're fine or also moving towards thriving and that sort of stuff is making sure that you're taking care of your physical self, not just your spiritual self, but your, your physical self as well. Right? Now, I know like, this sounds kind of bad because we fed you like ground beef and queso and all that kind of stuff, but you know, like, what are you eating? Right? What are you eating to help take care of yourself, making sure that you're on the, the top of your game? Are you exercising? Right? Are you sleeping? I know you're like, Steve, it's Sunday. Like I had football games and I got homework and just shut up about sleeping, right? But sleep is important. Sleep is important as you think about making sure that you're at your best self, right? It helps take away a lot of stress and that sort of stuff. Are you getting the rest that you need, not just for your soul, but also for your body, right? Are you, are you allowing body stress to take place by some of the relationships that you might be in, that sort of stuff? And how might you work in or out of that. Side note, I'm excited for the spring. We're going to do a two-week series um, on relationships, not your typical like a who should I date type thing, but we're going to do week one on what do healthy relationships look like, and then week two is going to be ending well, and I'm so excited to do that, right? How do you end relationships well? So, you know, maybe you got to wait to break up with somebody, just wait till February. It's going to be great. I'll, tell, I'll walk you through it, right? Um, but uh, anyway, you know, thinking about the relationships, sometimes they, they also need to go to help you in your self-care. So, yeah, ridiculous plug there, right? All right, so take care of your spirits. Take care of your body. 
And the third thing that we want to talk about here, I think it's important to mention in the church, is you also need to take care of your mind. You need to take care of your mind. Sometimes we do a great job with our bodies. Sometimes we do a great job with our souls. But sometimes, and especially in the church, we tend to forget about the minds and taking care of, of ourselves um, there, right? Um, and what I mean, I'm talking about like, like mental health and dealing with making sure that your mental health is good and talking about um, how we, some folks are, are, are struggling or battling with, with mental illness. And oftentimes in the church, especially, right, and I'll sort of um, confess this, that we like to sort of put it away. And put it in a dark space and say, oftentimes you maybe hear people like, you know, they're struggling with different mental health stuff. And you'll hear it maybe in the church you've heard like, well, they just need Jesus, right? They just need to pray more. They just need to pray about it. And there's sometimes in life when you've got something going on, and, and I, I encourage you to pray and to go to God in prayer. And sometimes just being in prayer or journaling or reading through scripture will sort of give you a sense of peace or calm and you're like good to go. But we also recognize that there are more there's sometimes the, the mental health goes a little bit deeper than that. And it's a little bit harder. It's not something we can just say, oh, you know, that person, you just need more Jesus. You just need to go read the Bible more. You just need to pray about it. Or sometimes when it, when it comes to taking care of yourself, sometimes when we just say we're fine, what we really do is to actually get real help. And I want to encourage you as a pastor standing in front of you to say that I don't want the church to, to put that into a dark place and to say that we need to talk more about this idea of, of, of mental health and making sure that people are where they need to be so they can be them best, their best selves. And so I encourage you, if part of what you need to do as part of self-care, if you find that your, your, your mental health is sort of struggling there, is to reach out and to, to find a counselor, find someone that you can talk to, get the help that you need. I confessed to y'all last year, I was, you know, 2020 was crazy for me, and I like was just on the verge of sort of breaking down. I went to see a counselor for the first time, and it was the best thing that I have, I've ever done as far as that in my mental health. I'm able to talk and share and help me work through some stuff. And so if that's something that you need as a part to being, being whole, I encourage you to do that. I encourage you to find those folks and to reach out and to do that. Um, you know, again, Jesus, I see in James, right, remind that, right, where James talks about, you know, if someone asks for, you know, clothing or food or that sort of stuff, who among you is just going to say, oh, God bless you, be on your way, we'll pray for you, without actually giving them the clothing and the food that they need? Same thing when it comes to mental health here in the church and making sure that you are, you are whole and that you are in a good place where you need to be. We don't want to just say, oh, we'll pray for you, but we want to find ways that we might actually be able to encourage you in that. And speaking of that, a little side plug, this is not for, this is not a counseling thing, because um, we got to be careful there, but I, um, part of our connections team is also working on a a plan for folks. If you also just looking to like talk with someone one-on-one, not in like a counselor type way, because it would be like a peer-to-peer type thing. But if you're looking for like a one-on-one peer-to-peer, uh, peer-to-peer mentor type thing, uh, we're working on doing some of that stuff in the coming weeks as well. But I say all that to, to, to just throw that out there to say that it's important. And it's a part of this wholeness that we're seeking as we look at self-care, right? To be careful how we care for our, our spirits, to be careful how we care for our, our, our bodies, and to be careful how we care for our minds as well and our, and our mental health and to be, be able to say and hear from me, there's nothing to be ashamed of if that's something that, that you need help with. And there's something that I can help you with or help point you in the right direction. I'd love to talk to you in the coming weeks and sort of and help and be there. Right? Jesus didn't come just to pray for people, but Jesus worked for actual healing. He wanted them to be physically whole and physically healed as well. So why are we talking about self-care, right? Why do we want to move from just being fine to really sort of living out there and living our best life? On the one hand, you've heard often say that, well, you can't pour into others unless you're, you, know, you yourself are full, right? It's hard to pour from an empty cup. We've heard that before. We've had talks here on Sunday nights with that before, 
right? And there's also this thing called compassion fatigue, where if you just give and give and give and give, eventually you just sort of run out of this compassion and you're not able to give as much as you want to give. And that's important. And we want to be able to serve. We want to be able to love. We want people to to experience Christ through us. But there's something else, y'all. Something else I think is important that we often look out. And right, yeah, we need the body of Christ to be on point so we can do what we need to do. But I also believe that God just plain and simply wants God's children to be whole and wants us to be well and wants you to be filled and full and holy and fully you as God has created you to be. I think about what God has to say about humanity, right? In Genesis 1, 27, it says, So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And then in Genesis 2, 7, it says, And the Lord formed people from the dust of the ground and breathed into the nostrils the breath of life and became a living being. Psalm 139, as I mentioned earlier, says, For it was you who formed me in my inward parts, talking about God. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works that I know very well. In John 10.10, I love this as well. It says, The thief came to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come so that they may have life and have it to the full. Yes, we want to be able to serve. Yes, we want to be able to give. But the God who has created you and me and each and every one of us, the God that took time to knit you together in your mother's womb, the God that took the time to breathe the breath of life into you and to create you in God's image, doesn't just want you to be good so you can serve. He wants you as you as an individual to be whole, to be more than fine, more than fine, to be able to thrive in this life. And one of the first steps that we do to do it, to getting to that place that God has called us to be and God's desire for us to be whole and to be full and to be well, it's by taking care of ourselves, by taking care of our spirits and going to the source in the spring of that living water to be renewed and refreshed, to take care of our bodies that we are getting the sleep, that we're taking care of this temple that God has given us, and to be sure that we're taking care of our mental health as well and doing the things that are necessary that we might be whole because I believe that is God's desire for us, not in a punishment way, but God has created you and wants you there and to find that. I encourage you, there's any way I can help you in, the, in, the, as you're, in your time here at Clemson, I am here for you. And if I can't, I don't have all the answers, but I'm willing to talk and listen. I'm a great listener. And I can also point you in the right direction and find stuff as you maybe wrestle with how you might do uh, this self-care journey. In the next coming weeks, we're going to look at what does it mean to say I'm fine, but you're really wrestling with doubt, not just in, in faith, but in life and what you're doing. We're going to look at what it means to say you're fine, but you're really trying to figure out what your purpose and what your calling is in life, or what it means to say I'm fine, but really you are scared as all get out on the inside having no idea what's going to happen. We're going to look at this, this idea of fear. We're going to look at this idea of doubt. We're going to look at this idea of purpose. And as we do that, though, I encourage you to continue in the self-care journey. Let us pray. Holy gracious God, we give you thanks for this night, for a time to gather around tables and to share a meal with old friends and new friends. We give you thanks for this time where we can lift our voices up to worship you, O God, and to sing praises to you and you alone. God, there are some of us that are singing boldly. There are some of us that are singing as a whisper because we're just not sure and we're, we're, we're you know, just questioning. But we're thankful for a community that can sing with us and for us. God, we give you thanks for us and for these bodies that you've given us, for these minds that you've given us, for these souls and spirits that you've given us. We pray, oh God, that you would open our eyes, give us ears to hear and eyes to see the ways in which you are calling us, ways you are shaping us, that we might take care of ourselves so that we in return might be the people that you've called us to be as we seek to love you with all that we have and all that we are and our neighbors as ourselves. We ask all this in Christ's name. Amen. 
The Wesley Word is a production of the Clemson Wesley Foundation. For more information about Clemson Wesley, check out our website or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, get out there and love your neighbor.